0: welcome to bookish bitches it's not your grandmother's book club so you know what my grandma's pretty chill so if you're listening keep coming gma keep coming my name is megan you're gonna be hearing a lot from me today
1: and i'm lauren i'm gonna let her take the reins because this (laughs) is the series that she got me into this is my baby (laughs) so why don't you start with a a summary and then we'll go from
0: there i'll do my best so i'm all giddy because i love talking about this book do you want to hear
1: it why don't i do a recap of book one and then you can do the summary that way you can- okay no,
0: no no what happened at the end of book one the under the mountain everything Feyre died but came back and she had a, a. we
1: didn't even say what book
0: we're talking about oh sorry guys. we're off to a good start we are talking about the court of thorns and roses series but the first book was a court of thorns and roses we are now on the second book which is a court of mist and fury this is a very popular book amongst the entire YA community. I don't think it's the best book in the series because I'm a Nesta fan personally, which is Pharaoh's Big Sister. Yeah. Yeah, Farah's yeah, Big honest. Sister. Yeah. Um, but it is a really good book. <laughs> I keep looking at my book because I have these fancy desk covers and it's fan art of the characters. So, yes. <laughs> um, so, at the end of the first book, Jesus Christ. I've been sick. Sorry. Um, so at the end of the first book, Feyre died and came back to life because she quote unquote held on to the mate, not the mate bond, but the um, bond she made with reese the bargain. And she came back and she has a little bit of every High Lord's power. So she's really powerful, but no one knows this. Um, so then she goes back to the Spring Court with Tamlin, and they start planning their wedding. So now we are in the second book. And Farah is now adjusting to the spring court life as a fae. And as she's doing this, she's planning her wedding. But she's having a lot of PTSD and anxiety from her experience under the mountain. So, like, she gets triggered very easily, especially with when it comes to the wedding. She sees that the red rose pellets, she explicitly told, Stupid ass Yanthey. We don't like her. She's the high priestess of the spring court. Um, We don't like her. She's low-key rapist. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. yeah,
1: Not even low-key she is. Not even low-key
0: she is. And so before the wedding happens, so she gets triggered very easily. She's going through a lot, but no one is helping her. No one sees it. She's asked for help. No one's given it to her. Yeah. So she's alone. So we're going to talk... I'm going to try to give as much detail as possible without saying the entire book. But um, one of the instances that I know you want to talk about um, was before the wedding happened. So this is early on in the book. Uh, there's a meeting at the spring court where um, everybody has to pay their fee and rent. Like their like tax and everything. So Farah has jewelry, obviously, because she's the lady of the spring court right now. And one of the tenants couldn't pay their rent or tax. So she gives them some necklaces that will keep them pretty well off for a while. And Tammy like, blew a fucking gasket over this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tampon blew a gasket. Um, anyway, so, you know, she talks to Lucian and everything. He, he, he can't really do much to help her. Um, which is so stupid, but whatever. Um, but the wedding comes and as she's walking down the aisle, she knows there's red rose pellets everywhere. Even though she said she didn't want them, she gets triggered very easily and she's in this big old ugly white gown that she hates. And, you know, she's not even a virgin. Yeah. (laughs) So as she's going down the aisle, she starts (coughs) saying like, help me help me someone please save me you know she's thinking this in her head as she's walking down. she pauses and you know she just you know tamlin sees that something's wrong only because she's not coming forward and she's actually walking backwards all of a sudden oh my god i might oh and keep
1: in mind in relation to what you're about to say this entire time because as you'll remember if you've read the first book or if you listen to the first episode of this specific series Thera made a deal with Reese where she yeah. would have to go and spend time at the night court yeah, with him.
0: Yeah, once a month, he, she has to spend a week at the night. Well, not even the night court, just, or just has with, to, him. with him. And she thinks she's going to go back into the mound for once a month, which is yeah. during.
1: He has not called on her yet that for month. For three months.
0: Yeah. For three months. So, as, so she's, as she's walking down the aisle, I'm going to read this a little bit here. <clears throat> I tried to get my traitorous lungs to draw air so I could voice the word no, no. But I didn't have to say it. Thunder cracked behind me as if two boulders had been hurled against each other. People screamed, falling back, a few vanishing outright as darkness erupted. I whirled and through the night drifting like smoke on a wind, I found Rhysand straightening the lapels of his black jacket. Hello, Farrah, darling, he purred. Easily! One of the best paragraphs this woman has ever written. <laughs> love you sarah um literally so reese comes in here because <laughs> he heard her begging for help so uh he takes her <gasps> and is like i'm cashing in on our bargain and takes her from the wedding which is liter- a blessing in disguise you know she thinks she's going in the mountain in reality she take he she's taken to the night court. And no one goes to the night court. Nobody goes Not there. Not willingly, no. They go to the court in nightmares. They never seen the real court. Yeah. Tonight. Um so as she's there, you know, she's kind of adjusting for the week, you know. She's kind of like she meets more, she meets Amarin. and we stand for those two. Um and in that week, the first week, he teaches her how to control some aspects of her power to like so when she's overwhelmed she doesn't blow up and also so you know she can hide her mind readings not mind reading but like hide her thoughts you know as like a bubble you know and (laughs) he notices in this week not in this week but like under the mountain he knows she couldn't read Because one of the challenges was something that she had to do and she couldn't read. Which was just (laughs) funny. Um, so... At the end of the week, she goes back. You know, Tamlin meets up with them on the border. And he's like... He literally yelled at her to get inside. Like, what the fuck? Toxicity? Yeah, toxic. And then they had sex right afterwards. And I was like, okay. Um, whatever, I guess. Um... (sighs) <sighs> yeah tamlin I, is the toxic college yeah. boyfriend and you can fill in some plot too because i just remember all the major stuff i want to reread the series again but you know as as the weeks go by she goes back to re-san and in that week she learned she starts to learn how to read and it's so cute how re like teaching her how to read because like he's writing like re is the best high lower re is the most ambitious yeah blah blah, blah.
1: making a joke <laughs> yeah. out of it to make it to yeah al- almost to make her more determined yeah just to be like fuck you dude i can do this um because i think he can tell that she kind of has that attitude
0: yeah so you know they start getting closer eventually she actually you know <clears throat> goes back to tamla uh yeah um at this point tamlin's fed up with her having to leave for a week every month and he also is being very sneaky behind her back and she just wants to be included with everything because last time she wasn't included they literally had it like it was life and death so to keep her like he's trying to get her out of this bargain with re and i think she just didn't want to be out of it to be honest with you um it was like a break <laughs> Yeah,
1: especially because she said she didn't want to get married. And Tamlin, of course, was like, oh,
0: yeah, what do you mean?
1: Like, dude.
0: And then the worst bit happened where Tamlin literally locked her inside of the Spring Court castle. She couldn't even leave her room. She begged for help from Lucian. She begged for help from everybody. And she was completely ignored. She literally had a panic attack and passed out. Because she, it was she was exp- having PTSD from under the mountain, so she literally passed out. And when she woke up, she was in the arms of somebody, and because somebody came to save her because they heard her, and um, her one friend at the spring court, her maid.
1: Oh my god! Was um, like,
0: please take care of her. You know, I
1: can't remember what her name is, but I liked know. her. She was. She was hoping. like, please
0: take care of her. And Moore was the one that came to get her because Ristan couldn't. And, and Moore was like, You're lucky my high lord wasn't here. For, you know, didn't, ru- you know. So Moore takes her, and Farah's just in a catatonic state and being held by Moore. And they get to the border, and Resand's there, and, you know, he grabs Farah. And Moore was like, Everything was done by the book. So nothing, no repercussions can happen because this is not a week that he was allowed to have her. So she's just here of her own free will. And, you know, so she can be there as long as she wants. Because this is her free will. Yeah, no
1: rules were broken in that deal. Yeah,
0: there's no rules being broken. This is her free will. So, you know, she's at the night court and she's like, you know, Rhysand has to leave and she's like, where are you going? And he doesn't lie. He's like, if I tell you, you cannot tell anybody because lives will be in danger. And he has to take care of them. So she... Being favorite fashion is like, of course, you know, she's just happy to be included Um, and not actually take in like as a whole. So they go to the real spring court. No, God, no. (laughs) No, No, God, no. Pack it up. They go to the real night court, Valaris, which is the city of starlight. This is the real night court. This is where all of his subjects are. And basically he's had this like facade. Where the Court of Nightmares, everybody thinks is the Night Court. Because it's like a vicious, you know, scene. You know, it's very bloodthirsty. Valaris is literally the most beautiful place in the world. And everybody's nice. There's no... They live like normal people. Yeah. And they're safe and protected. Because nobody knows where it is or what it is. And there's a big bubble around it. So, when we get there... (laughs) We meet my boy and Cassian my boy. and her girl, her, her boy. <laughs> hey, look, if you hey. want to include Amron
1: and more as my girls, that's uh, yeah. fine. Uh, I fuck Amron. No, yeah. <laughs> so she'd
0: dominate me and I'd be like, oh! you, yeah, she would destroy me. <laughs> she would destroy you. I mean, look at what she did. Um, <laughs> I love that Amron's like five <laughs> foot
1: two as well, like she's yeah. tiny.
0: Oh my god. But yeah, we meet Cassian and Azriel. Cass and they are both Lyrian warriors. So is Rhysand, but like, I mean, Cassian is the head of his; he's the general of his armies, and Azriel is the Shadow Singer. And I know that sounds weird, but trust me, he's a baddie. Um, <laughs> he can like control shadows and everything. And I'll get to fan theories later when we get more into these books with you. Okay, I need you to read Crescent City, um badly. Um so we meet Cassian, who's this fun-loving, sarcastic dude. He's caring, protective. Azriel is the quiet boy, tall, brooding in the background, but when he says something, it's like very important and you remember it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and both of them are like wicked strong, too.
0: Yeah, they have siphons on their black studded armor that literally helps control their power cuz they're that powerful. So it keeps it in control. Yeah, nobody...
1: And they have seven of each. Yeah, nobody has as many as they <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: do. They have seven each. They're powerful. Um, I don't remember a lot of all the plot plot big deals. That's why I really want to reread it before Sarah makes another book. But um, the whole gist
1: of this right now... well is- you're forgetting in two, the cauldron and the story will happen again. Well, the story will again, but the cauldron Also, the happens. Bone Carver. Yes, and the Bone well, Carver. Well, that's at
0: the end of it. I'm talking about, like, in the middle of yeah. it. Because right now we're in the middle of it. Um. Right now, Highburn is still on the move to take over. So, ray trying to come up with ways to, like, stop this. And one of the ways was meeting with the Bone Carver. <sighs> Why do they meet with the Bone Carver again? I believe the Bone Carver can tell, like, the future. Yeah, the yeah. future.
1: Through bones, essentially. Yeah. Or through payment with bones. Yeah.
0: So um, Farah goes with Resan and me with him. And because he's held in this like prison full of monsters and um under guard. And he appear he can like shape shift, so he appears to Farah as a little boy with black hair and purple eyes. It definitely looks like if Rhysand had a kid. <laughs> and um and that's how he appears to Pharaoh and only to her. So he like gives her insight into what's happening with the cauldron and how hybrid is in like using the cauldron to stay in power. Um, and so they have to develop a plan <clears throat> and they have to find, what do they have to find again? They were like the book. Yeah. The book. Oh yeah. The book okay
1: look <laughs> so much happens in this book as i said the book i, I was like oh my god wait and then that happens and yeah. then
0: that happens and then that happens was it helion or who was the one they met up with the high lord of oh, the, uh, of it the was, uh, summer court Was the one that uh cameron folks i no not that one i'm talking about the high oh, lord I'm of the summer of yeah, yeah i'm talking about the high lord of the summer court they have to go there
1: parkwyn Park
0: there it is. So Tarquin was a whole sweet <laughs> man. We love Tarquin. Um, so they have to find this book that tells them how to control the cauldron or has something to do with the cauldron to like shut it down or like I believe it's when the two parts of the book are joined. Joined. Yeah.
1: It's there's it's super powerful and also Amran is the only one who can understand what the book says. Yeah. And that's because Amran is just a whole queen. Yeah. And we will talk about her, but proceed.
0: So they go to the summer court because that's where they thought it would be. They are heard about where it'd be. Probably from the Bone Carver. Or the Surreal. It was one of them. Yeah. yeah. So they get there. The High Lord of the Summer Court is Tarquin, who is this man. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Gorgeous man, African American yeah. with white, bleached, hair. silky white hair. Yeah. Like, think about uh, a crown that King Triton wore. Uh, yeah, <clears throat>
1: I'm trying to think of who has white hair like that.
0: Oh, the Winter Court.
1: No, I mean like who like readily available pop culture reference has like Legolas I don't know, think hair but Albino, <laughs> albino. <laughs> I said Legolas, but whiter. You said albino.
0: Yeah. So. Tarquin has the hots for Feyre. Rhysand's over here kind of just being passive aggressive in the background. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, no, I don't think he's that hot.
1: Well, that's because Reese is also smart mm-hmm. enough to realize that Feyre can use that to their mm-hmm. advantage.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, she is flirting him up, trying to figure out where this book is, and then they figure out there's this building that's guarded by the water and it disappears and appears because of high tide and low tide. So it comes and goes. Where else would you put the book? (laughs) Hmm. And also in the midst of getting the book, they have to escape the summer court too. But in the midst, Cassian destroys the goddamn castle. Or uh, no, remember he was he was banned because he already destroyed it. Yeah, he is banned because he already destroyed it, which I love that so much.
1: I love the memes that come out of just that one scene of him being like, You can't come with us because you're banned. Yeah. It's really funner.
0: Um. So, in the midst of all this, they're teaching Feyre how to fight too, cause she can't. So they're teaching her how to fight. They she knows how to use a bow, use a bow, but up close is yeah. not really her forte. And also how to control her powers, cause she can do so much. She can winnow, which is basically like teleporting. She can shape shift, so she can like have Illyrian wings if she wants to, which is like giant bat wings. Because the boys are all called Bat Boys because they're Illyrians, um, and so this might not be during this time, and I might be skipping a bit, but also because we need to talk about stuff, so I'm not gonna. You're fine. Um, when she and uh, Rhysand are traveling, Rhysand <clears throat> uh, travels away. He winnows. because they're training, and. Lucian finds them. I forgot about this. Yeah, she... I love this. But And Lucian finds them and he thinks that she was kidnapped. So he's like, at some point he realizes that she knows more than they wanted her to know. Because she's very cautious. So he's having two of his sentries like try to like corral her. I'll, I'll I'll say that corral her. That's accurate. Because <clears throat> then they can he can like get them back to the spring court. Yes. Yeah. one of them can winnow or something like that. You remember that?
1: Yeah, they're just trying to get her back to. Spring <clears throat> they're trying court. to
0: t- at least touch her so they can winnow back, and she does not want to go back. Obviously, sure. um, my one of my favorite quotes is literally in this scene because Lucian's like saying, "How could you want to be around recent?" And she's like, "When you're surrounded by the darkness, Lucian, you find." you find like calls to like or something and it's around it's those the words. lines yeah and as she's doing it her like wings are on and she's like flared back and then he realizes she has powers now and he was just like and then resand shows up and re like in the background imagine a little boy saying yeah you go, ma <laughs> <laughs> like what she said um so well, is, it, is it i think it's in this book
1: or it might even be then. Reason is struck with an arrow that like weakens him. Not yet.
0: Is that later in this book? Yeah. Okay. Not yet. Because I that part was one of my favorite. Because then part. she would have flat out said something that we will talking about. Yeah. Um. But they're traveling. I think it happens after that though. As they're traveling back, they're attacked, and I don't know what they're attacked by, but they were attacked, and he gets shot, and so she, they're in a cave, and she goes out to find the surreal. This is when the surreal came back in. Yeah. And in the first book, the Suriel told her to stay close to the High Lord. And obviously in that fashion, the only fa- High Lord she knew was Tamlin. So, I mean, could you blame her? <laughs> could you blame her? So as they're talking, she's like, I need to know exactly how to fix him because they can't leave. And, you know, <laughs> at some point. The Surreal, as she's leaving, the Surreal's, like, says something that, along the lines of, um, I told, uh, he's your mate, or, oh, fuck me, now I want to remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. chapter 55 is where all the good stuff started, so it's gonna happen before that, right? Right?
1: I would assume so, yeah.
0: Talk about whatever you want. Okay. I'm finding this. You're good. Uh, Yeah. Oh, it's definitely going to be here. Okay, yeah. I'm close, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close, guys. Can we do- here it is! Oh, <laughs> I'm okay, so cool. sorry. You're good? Um, where it is? Where it is? <laughs> Aha. If you wish to speed your mate's healing in addition to your blood, a pink-flowered weed sprouts by the river. Make him chew it. I fired my arrow at the snare before I finished hearing its words. The trap sprang free, and the ward clicked through me. Mate. What did you say? So the serial is like, yeah, the high lord of the night court is your mate. Flat out said that sentence too, quote unquote. And she's just like, you said stay by the light, the, the high lord. And he was like, well, I guess Yeah, so, you right, I did.
1: That so she gets
0: back. She obviously went to go get the weed and mixed her blood because it's powerful and all that. So as she gets there and she's like eat this <laughs> you know all pissed off and she gets there gives it to him and she was like when were you gonna tell me we were mates and he turns oh. white like a ghost and she's like take me back to the camp now because he go wino now and obviously in we fashion he's not gonna hold her hostage in a cave so they do the king of consent mm-hmm yeah, and, and boundaries and boundaries, and he's like, okay, yeah, okay. So they do it, and he's there on the ground bleeding. <laughs> Everyone surrounds them, like, "Oh my god, what happened?" What happened? And she looks at who, Cassian. More, it was more, it was more, more, And she's like, "Get me out of here now!" <laughs> yeah. So in recent fashion, he lets her go to a cabin. I, wait, he doesn't know where she is. More just takes her to one of the cabins at the Night Court in Valaris. And she's just there alone with her thoughts. And Moore visits her, brings her stuff to do because she's processing. And on one of these occasions, she hears the door knock and it's not Moore standing on the threshold anymore. It's Resan. But he's not going to come in and he's just like, you can send me away. I just wanted to make sure you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a thing about the Allerian culture is if you make your mate food... You're like accepting them as your mate. Yeah. So, Rhysant obviously tells her this because she's—he's not going to eat her food that she makes him, which was soup, by the way, until she knows exactly what she's doing. Because you love a man that gives you the full information. <laughs> yeah. So she's telling him to explain everything, and then she'll make her decision. And it's also really cute. So he's explaining everything like from the beginning, like all the way back to Kalamai, where they, you know, uh, he says to her because this was back at the spring court in the first book where she meets the stranger and he was like, I've been looking for you. Um, He really has been looking for her, his mate, literally the cutest thing for the for 200 years And as he was stuck under the mountain, he had no hope, no love, nothing. And he meets his mate and he was like begging to never see her again, just so he wouldn't understand the pain of
1: like losing losing her.
0: her. Yeah. So they meet Kalamai and he didn't know they were mates right there and there. They just knew they had a connection. And eventually under the mountain, when they make the bargain, and then everything, it was still just a connection. Until her neck got snapped, (gasps) and he realized, oh, shit, my mate is dead. Yeah. And Farah thought the bond that she was holding onto when she was dead, like that tether, was the bargain. In reality, it was the mate bond and him threatening all the high lords to save her. (laughs) Hey, he got it done, didn't he? He got it done. Um... And then, obviously, hearing more about his, like, he has trauma with his family, because his family was murdered by Tamlin's family, bitch, and kept the wings like Maleficent. What the fuck? <laughs> sorry. we um, fine. Mm-hmm. I love I spent 26 minutes literally just talking about the plot to this point.
1: <laughs> You're still not done. person. I'm
0: sorry. Um, This is a long one, kids. And, and we have a lot to talk about, so this can be I a long oh episode my in God. general. So... She gives him the soup. <laughs> they have the sex.
1: <laughs> I also love that the whole joke of that, aside from it being cute, is that Farrah can't fucking cook.
0: I know. It was the shittiest soup. Yeah. Uh, it was like a can. So now that she accepted the mate bond and their mates, like, in actuality, they, you know, everything. Um, he's all high, strung and everything. One of my favorite scenes is Cassian literally purposely egging him on so he can get some of this energy out and fighting. So they fight. And it was so funny. He, it was so funny Cassian is like hey you've been on a good ride <laughs> and literally Rhysand fucking just pounced on him and fought him yeah and Cassian gave it right back
1: oh absolutely as he should
0: so throughout this I'm gonna start getting to the bigger bit so they end up going to the cauldron okay <laughs> and in the midst oh, no. of all of this in the midst of all of this there was a peace thing going on with the the human queens. And Nesta was the courier between them and the Fae and um, Elaine, too. Because they're trying to get alliances with the Human Queens, so they'll have a stronger force against Highburn. In the midst of all this, they finally go to the Cauldron. Somehow, I can't remember, don't ask me. Um, (laughs) And as they get there, they realize Tamlin has teamed up with Highburn. And or Hybern, I oh, fuck off. Um, he's a little <laughs> bitch boy. That's why the human queens have teamed with Hibern too. Yeah, and they also took Nesta and Elaine captive. And the worst part is they threw them into the cauldron, and they were made anew. Yeah. which means they're now fae. Except Nesta, and Nesta took something. <laughs> she took something from the cauldron. So in theory, it was supposed to be.
1: The human he- the qu- human queens yeah. were supposed to be made into fae, and that was part of their agreement yeah. with Tyburn. But they used they Nesta and Elaine it, yeah. to test it, and Nesta said, fuck you, cauldron. And took
0: it all. Yeah. She took it all.
1: So it destroyed the next She's human She's still
0: queen. from the cauldron. She's li- now, and obviously, and this is more into the next book, and obviously the next two books, but Nesta is now on a whole new fucking level, and I'm sorry I'm hyping my girl up, but like, Nesta is my girl. And so elaine elaine is there ness is there they're now fey and both of them did not want to be fey uh so cassie and Azrael by order were ordered to take them out and in the midst of this we find out when elaine gets out of the cauldron she's lucian's mate so Azrael just stole lucian's mate and took her back to the night court So Lucian's all like, oh my god, oh my god, where the fuck is my mate? mate where's my mate? Where's my mate? And Tamlin's still in shock of everything that's happening because he's like, this is not what we agreed about. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not sign off on and this. And then the one deal he made with Hyburn, why he got into cahoots with him, uh, cahoots. was he wanted Hybern to break the bargain between Rhysand and Feyre. At this point, they don't know that they're mates. Nobody knows that they're mates, okay? And I'll even read the bigger secret later. But, um... So, Farrah looks at Rhysand and is like, break the... And he was... You know, they had a secret little talk. And then she looked at Hybern and she was like, break the bond. Break the bond. Not talking about the mate bond, but the bargain bond. Because no one can break a mate bond. Um, so they didn't even know that. So... He breaks the... Ma- the br- He breaks the bargain bond. She no longer has a bargain with Risa. So they think... Tamlin's like, oh, thank God. Now she'll never have to leave me. Oh, bitch. And so now we're faced with the issue where... Uh, Tamlin takes her back to the spring court. Faye, and Feyre is not ha- like happy about but she's hiding it. And then Risa escapes back to the night court. Rhysand gets back to the night court and Amarin and more are like, what the fuck happened? Where is, where, where is she? You know, cause they're all best buddies. And at this point, Rhysand's like, she's at the spring court and, um, he was like, they were like, why would she be there? And he explains everything and, you know, with Anesta and Azrael. And then he explains that now we have an inside spy in the spring court to relay us information. And they're like, how the fuck is she going to tell you anything? And then he was like, she's my mate. And the high lady of the spring court. Night court. Night court. Fuck me. Oh, why is that my instant reaction? <laughs> <laughs> I also just
1: clocked that you're wearing your Velara sweatshirt. And I, mm. like, it just took me a second. I just
0: clocked that too. <laughs> um. So there is no such thing as a high lady. I Until now, I just did that quote there is now. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing. Tamlin literally told her, like, no, you'll never be a high lady. It's only high lords and the ladies of the courts. Um, she's the... Vriesan over here is, like, feminist 101 is, like, hmm, not now. Um, so they have a secret wedding and, with the high priestess, and then she's anointed as the high lady of the night court. So <laughs> with a direct line to Highburn and everything that's going on there because they can talk through their minds like relay it through the bond yeah so now Farah's over at the spring court and tamlin's like are you okay with everything lucian as shit because one is mate's missing and she knows where the night court is but she's not gonna say anything yep. she's like oh my god my mind is just
1: i don't <sighs> have my memories
0: i know trauma Reason must have taken them yeah trauma yeah. And Lucian's like sus as shit because she's like hugging Tamlin, saying, I'm scared, please protect me. Meanwhile, at the end of the book, she gives the smuggest look off camera. Why am I saying that, like this off was camera. recorded? I'm imagining in my head like the office. And she's just like, She <laughs> definitely did. And yeah, so now she's the one of the most powerful fae in the entire world and a spy. It's amazing. I love this book. That's how it ended. Okay. That's how it ended.
1: So now we got the summary, which was actually good because there was a lot of stuff that I was remembering as you were talking. Let's kind of go through our, our stuff we want to really get into. I want to start with Tamlin and Feyre's wedding. <laughs> because realistically, that was Tamlin and Ianthe's wedding. Except yeah. she was living through Pharaoh.
0: Ianthe had the hots for Tamlin.
1: And the thing is, Pharaoh planned none of that wedding. She basically sat in her little traumatized state while they planned it for her. So, you know, she's... Not part of the actual wedding planning. No,
0: auntie like planned the entire fucking thing. Did not take any of her requests into consideration at all. And one of them caused her to have a PTSD moment, where she yeah. literally begged down the meat bomb for someone to come get her.
1: And it was also extremely clear that she didn't even want to get married at that point. Yeah, she wasn't okay. First of all, she's what nineteen. Yeah. If yeah, was not ready to be married. Was like okay for Tamlin. That's the thing. Is she like, and
0: Rhysand were totally fine.
1: Regardless of individual, she was not ready to be married for a number of reasons. The only reason she was ready to marry Rhysand was because he helped her get through that trauma.
0: Yeah. He literally did everything for her. And not like she couldn't handle herself, but I'm talking about like she was begging for help. And he actually gave it. Yeah. And then some. Gave her consent, space, Boundaries. boundaries. Uh, Yeah. I didn't. I hated the wedding. It just, it felt like a Victorian moment where you know the kids shipped off and married, yeah, then and there to an older man.
1: And I think that that even speaks to the writing as well. Is Sarah left no crumbs? She knew exactly what she was doing with the way that it was structured, the way that the wedding was like described. Yeah. There was nothing about the wedding that was made to be desirable. Not even the fucking room, which. I was calling the red flags in the first book anyway, but.
0: I didn't even mention this with the plot summary, but, like, because Feyre wasn't there for Kalamai the second time around, Lucian had to participate because Tamlin didn't. And he literally was raped by Anthe. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ.
1: As as much as I get on Lucian for the shit he does, and I do love he's him. He's a victim. He deserves so much better than he gets in the first yeah. two books. And actually, no. In, you know what? In all the books that he's in, he deserves fucking better. Yeah. I have yet, I haven't read the fifth one yet, yeah. but I have yet to see a scene where I'm like, yes, Lucian, that's what you deserve. It's all just like trauma or him trying so hard to fit in somewhere yeah. and it backfiring and these terrible things happening. And not that I'm surprised that Tamlin was like, oh, I'm brooding because the white bitch I want is gone. Yeah. Like, he doesn't
0: even know Elaine. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you talking about... I'm talking about
1: Pharaoh When Tamlin's oh, brooding yeah, because pharaoh Tamlin- Fa- has gone and won't do Kalamai.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, Lucian, you're- this is your yeah, problem. Yeah, he's
0: like, oh, I feel like betrayal to Pharaoh.
1: Uh, no. Lucian isn't even technically part of this court. It is not his responsibility. Yeah. He is here because of Tamlin. He is yeah. here being Tamlin's friend or whatever. He should not have to be put in that situation and Tamlin is a shit friend on top of everything else that's shit about him. Yeah. <sighs> I just remember starting the second book and being so overwhelmed that there was a wedding happening. And I'm like, but all of the bad things that just happened, y'all are gonna, y'all are gonna pretend that this wedding is normal. Yeah. So we'll we'll we're gonna skip our second point, go to Ianthe a little bit more, and then we'll double back to the good the good peoples. Mm. The Moor and the Amron because... Oh. I actually want to talk about your theory because I know I haven't read Creston City, but I do want to hear about yours.
0: I don't want to spoil it,
1: though. I don't care.
0: It's a big spoiler.
1: I will probably forget about it in however mm. long it takes me to read. I will.
0: Okay, then. Can I bring it up?
1: Well, we're going to talk about Anthea and then we'll go Okay, too. well,
0: fuck Anthea.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait to talk about Fair versus Anthea in the third book. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, she's but Ianthe is like she is a mega church walking. Yeah. She is like. A Trump supporter. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If she was here today, she would be a Trump supporter. She would be
0: a mega supporter.
1: Absolutely. She, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because she just appears in the second book.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's because she's working for Hibern, isn't it? Yeah. And she just
0: Yeah, it turned out she was working for Hibern. Yeah, she just she
1: just shows up and starts fucking shit up. Yeah, and it's like, what? Who are you? Who invited her? You don't even go here.
0: Yeah, she. I don't even know where she came from.
1: That's the thing is, like, she just pops on nowhere. She appears, and <clears throat> maybe that speaks to how isolated Pharaoh was that she didn't even know about Ianthi. and like if she was there when the first book was happening. Yeah. But I'm also like, where did you come from? Yeah. Who invited you? Well, what's she doing here? Let's. I'm getting flustered thinking about yeah. her, so let's let's switch to our babies.
0: <laughs> so we'll start
1: with and Amarin, and then we'll talk about her husbands. So we'll start with More.
0: Yeah. The I, fashion queen herself. I didn't even mention the scene in the night court.
1: Oh, you did or not. under
0: the mountain. It's okay. So yeah, I'm not even gonna get into that. Yeah, my mom listens. So. <laughs> um. Moore is the daughter of one of the Senegates for the Court of Nightmares.
1: She's also recents cousin. And
0: recent's cousin. So she's had a troubled life.
1: That's an understatement, but okay.
0: And she was going to be married off to heiress of the of the Fall Corps, who-
1: Is Lucian's brother, correct?
0: Half-brother. Half-brother. Well. Yeah, we know half-brother. Yeah. Um- So, because she was a virgin at the time, this was when they were younger, uh, the way she got out of doing it was by fucking Cassian.
1: And her being a virgin was, like, essential to this marriage Yeah.
0: So, in typical heiress fashion, apparently, because we never got confirmation about why it happened, um, because there was another reason that he was just like, don't believe it, but like, she was like she had a note nailed into her stomach. That's a it was vulgar and for like slurs, you know. Yeah. And they don't want her anymore.
1: And she was like brutalized. Yeah. It wasn't. Ju- I mean, yeah. that's still enough. But she was brutalized and left on like the edge of the court.
0: Yeah. So she's a baddie. We love her. Asriel's held a candle to her forever. So he's always there brooding in the background and watching her.
1: Yeah. I also just love that Moore is so unapologi- unapologetic in yeah. herself. Like, all of the characters are, but Moore, even when she is the most frightened, she does the shit she needs to do. Yeah. Especially, like, when it comes to Feyre. Moore barely knows Feyre, but she's like, I will protect you because, Risen, you're important to him, and therefore because he is my family, you are important to me.
0: Yeah. I like Amren too. I didn't vibe with her as much, only because oh.
1: I kind of love how Dry Amryn is all yeah. the time. She's a perfect foil to more, and I kind of love the way they butt heads. Yeah, and also the acknowledgement that both of them are powerful enough to level the entire Night Court. Yeah, Um Amryn is not a high fae. She is something else in a high fae body.
0: She's very powerful. Yeah, she, I got theories about that one too.
1: I can only like liken her to. She is void. Like inside of that body is void, and that's fucking terrifying to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but she drinks blood and she is basically like dragon like, she loves her jewels, even later on when things you know happen. Yeah, she is obsessed with her jewelry, and that is honestly kind of interesting to me because more is the one who's like the hot red dress with the gold. Necklaces and stuff. And Amher's over here like, give me the jewels. And it's like, you gremlin (laughs) (laughs) Like I would think it would be more that would be more into that. Amor's over here like, give me them all. It's
0: like, ma'am. She saw blood red Ruby and she's like, "Mm -hmm."
1: Oh yeah. Her her giddiness when she sees like gems is so funny to me. Megan has a theory about Amron. So many
0: theories.
1: (laughs) You're proving
0: right though, so keep an eye, kids.
1: Go for it. What Start with whatever you want.
0: Like whatever as far as, want?
1: as far as Amron, and then we can, oh. we'll sort through them. Cause I haven't heard it. I, sh- I actually have not <laughs> heard this theory. She just said she has one. So I'm hearing this with you guys for the first time. So go for it.
0: Okay. Listen, kids. So on the note of the jobs, <laughs> I recently read Crescent City, which is another book in Sarah J. Mass's universe. And I'm in the middle of the second Crescent City book. There is a creature in the Crescent City series. That reminds me a lot of Amarin, which is a Thunderbird. Okay. And also, it was revealed in the last of the book, like last scene in the end of Crescent City, where world jumping was revealed. So I have a theory that she fucking just fell down the wrong hole. <laughs> and here she is and she doesn't have her powers anymore.
1: I have a question because I obviously, yeah. obviously haven't read it. In Knowing What I Know About Amryn from the second book, they basically described her describe her as something that doesn't have a name and cannot be described.
0: Only because it's not part of that world. And it's also a very, that's fair because Amaran doesn't yeah. have her
1: memories really.
0: Yeah, and it's also a very very rare creature that's been hunted down to extinction, and there's only two left.
1: Okay, that's why I was asking because I wasn't sure. Like, yeah. and I know so she doesn't really is, remember where yeah. she came from.
0: So that's my theory, because they're extremely powerful mm-hmm. to the point where the Fae in Crescent City series literally hunted them down to extinction, and the only two that got away were a sister and a brother. But it's very possible that Amarin could have gotten away too.
1: Yeah. And they just didn't know that she got away.
0: Yeah. Or they preserved her they dead. Because everybody's trying to get a Thunderbird in the second book.
1: Mm-hmm. They're trying
0: to find the sister and the brother. Because the sister was drowned. But her body was never discovered. She was chained. And then the chains are just at the bottom of the ocean floor. Nobody.
1: <gasps> that's not terrifying at all.
0: And the brother's just missing. Yeah. So that's my theory with Amarin. Only because the powers she displayed in the third book, very similar to the powers displayed in the second Crescent City book. And also, it would fit her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I could definitely see, honestly, anything super powerful. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense.
0: It would fit her. Also, the body Amazon probably isn't her body.
1: Oh, no, it isn't. They established that that's not her body. Um, Yeah. And I don't even know if it's, I think they said the body was created for her. Yeah. Um, which might be because their world is, does not have, the, not have the capacity to have a Thunderbird in it. Yeah. What other theories were you talking about? Because you were like, what What do I start with? I
0: don't want to spoil a lot for you, though. You're gonna- I don't want you to be mad at me.
1: I literally just told you I don't care. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: Okay, kids! So, at the end of the second book, because this got spoiled for me, and I've been wanting to talk about it to everybody. Um, at the end of the second book, also, my- <clears throat> this is hard for me to say because it's so unpopular, but one of my favorite book women is the Crossing City main female character, which is Bryce Quintlin. She is my absolute role model. I love her so much. I resonate with her so much. Next to Nesta. I love them. I love Favor, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to all of the main Seric J. mass women, we got Elaine, Bryce, and Nesta, because I resonate with all three. At the end of the second
1: Crescent City book. <laughs> I also want it noted. She put her hair up in a bun to tell me this. And <laughs> to tell yeah. you this.
0: At the end of the second Crescent City book, a lot of shit went down. I still haven't finished it. This just got spoiled for me. And I had to confirm the spoiler the second the book got shipped to my house. Because I flipped to the last fucking chapter, as I do in Megan fashion. And I did confirm it. Um, She falls. It, Bryce falls into a whole nother world. Because in her, in the Crescent City book, they have these giant structures that are like portals where you can shout down and it goes to the other side of the city but they are world transporting she accidentally falls into it or on purpose I don't know she finds herself with a throat to her neck a knife to her throat throat, a tall male a lot like Azriel, talking in a language she doesn't know and then another guy Looks like Cassian shows up, speaks a language. And then we have Rhysand and Feyre and more, and Amaran and show up to her. And Feyre actually understands her. And then they all understand that they have to talk in a different language. And then Rhysand just introduces himself and says, Hello, Bryce Quinlan. I'm Rhysand. <laughs> and that's the end of the book. <laughs> so now we have two of the three worlds Sarah J. Maas has created meet together. In an actual, actual, actual like com- confirmation that they made together because and talked to Bryce.
1: <laughs> I'm almost wondering then if the next Agatar book is just gonna be Crescent City.
0: I think it has to be. And also, they better leave my boo Aelin alone. She's been through too much. I don't want her dragged into this mud pile. Uh-uh. She's happy in Tarasen. Tarasen with Rowan. Leave them alone. I swear to God, Zara. I'll throw hands. You leave her alone. <laughs> She escaped death. Leave her alone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, Sarah, I'll throw hands. <laughs> you leave Aelin alone. I don't care if you created her. You leave her alone.
1: <laughs> I don't think Sarah J. Maas understands the concept of leaving her characters alone.
0: She needs to. She already killed off too many people in that series. Well, she didn't leave Nesta and Elaine alone. She needs fuck off with them, too. Actually, kill Ness. No. No. <laughs>
1: elaine i love that all of this audio is unedited because it's so much funnier so that just happened <laughs> and it's gonna happen this way
0: i don't fuck with Elaine. i kind of
1: i know nesta is like the character that would be the most obvious villain because of like how she comes out of the cauldron and i've only read through the fourth book but based off of what you've been telling me i want elaine to turn around and be like hiding shit and that's stinky. my
0: oh, that's a whole other thing
1: we'll get to that when we talk mm. when i finally read the fifth book and we get to talking about it oh, but i almost man. want elaine to be a villain because that would be the biggest fucking plot twist they could think of well, my
0: whole other theory that went in with the second book too is uh, this second book we just talked about is that i think the the cauldron literally purred in elaine's presence i think the cauldron's doing some fuck shit and he, lane and Lucian are not mates the cauldron purred in her presence. Mm-hmm. Only in Elaine's. Second she got in, it purred. Yeah. You think that's weird?
1: I mean, yes, but also...
0: I think the cauldron put her with someone that the cauldron knew she wouldn't be compatible with. So, you know, Asriel's over here being broody and is like, she has a mate. I don't know if I like her like that. Recent told me not to fuck with her. Like... <laughs>
1: But also, from what I understand of their dynamic, and this is touching on later books a little bit, they are more compatible than she is with Lucian.
0: Yes, but also in other books, there is someone that's introduced that is way more compatible with Asriel. Oh, I know. And actually, he likes her, too, for what he's done. So, (sighs) I just don't fuck with the yeah, well, and yeah. I know she's an underrated character. So everyone doesn't pay attention to her as much, but I'm like
1: that's the thing. I'd rather like, her be a villain. She feels out of place. And it's purposely out of place, but she feels out of place because we have more who is confident in her body, who is not afraid to exist, who is just like there and proud. Amryn who will just fucking snap your neck if you talk back to her. Cassian who's funny, Azriel who's broody, Faer who's had this Big journey recent. Who's like super understanding, and then there's just Elaine, who is watching them all.
0: Yes, Vanessa is watching out for Elaine.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like Nesta is the only part that makes Elaine fit, even in the later parts where Elaine kind of starts to integrate with them.
0: Everybody gives Nesta too much shit because they never. And I say this, and I know this touches on another one. Everybody gives Nesta so much shit, and for you know not standing up for Feyre when they were younger, and treating her I know you, you I don't <laughs> care
1: how traumatic your backstory is she had a very traumatic experience as well and that does not justify acting like she is the scum of the earth until she gives you money because in the first Wait, book ne- Nesta and Pharaoh uh, both had traumatic experiences yes. and I understand I don't know all of that but Nesta acts like Pharaoh does not exist until Pharaoh gives her money in the first book
0: she resented Pharaoh.
1: But that's the thing, is, like, until Feyre gives you money, you're a bitch to her. No, that's not how that works.
0: I can't explain it, because it's all in the fifth book, and you haven't read it, so... That's
1: what I'm saying, though, is, like, they have had separate traumatic stuff going on. It does not validate Nesta's behavior.
0: I know, and Nesta knows she's a piece of shit. She's literally said that. It's just... That's, I can't really Without having it.
1: read the fifth book, that's what I'm saying, is, like, I... Yes, absolutely. Her trauma is valid. It always will be. But that does not validate treating other people like shit.
0: I know. I can't justify it, but we're gonna have to agree to disagree because everything with Nesta is just... I know you shouldn't treat people like shit, but like... Yeah.
1: I don't know that that's a... Agree to disagree situation, but okay. Yeah,
0: we're just gonna have to. Yeah.
1: Because, like, this is touching on the fourth book. Nessa's behavior there, I understand. Her distance, I understand. Like, she's not being malicious. She's just not comfortable in the setting.
0: She also has PTSD. Exactly. Every time a fire is going off, she literally is having a panic attack. And yeah. Nobody cares.
1: That's That's what I'm saying. Like, they're absolutely justified because she's doing what she has to do to protect herself. Yeah. And especially with everything that happens in the third book, which we will and talk about. And
0: I love Bree Sand, but he turns into a total piece of shit in the fifth, fifth book.
1: You can see it. We're no. really just getting ahead. You can see it in the fourth book. Because of his attitude towards Nesta, you can see that there's like a a overprotectiveness of Feyre that does not consider other people exist. Yeah. Like, even with what I've seen after reading uh, Frost and Starlight, I can see it.
0: I mean, you know Feyre pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, He does not tell Farah at all that she's probably gonna die during childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't tell her at all. He tells everybody do not tell her at all. Nesta tells Farah,
1: and Rhysand
0: is like I'm going to fucking kill her. Like actually means it. Yeah. Like looks at Cassie and says where the fuck is she? I'm going to kill her. And is over here like I'm not talking it anybody right now except nesta
1: yeah and that's what i'm saying like
0: because nesta told her the damn truth and and told the doctor not to tell pharaoh
1: so i'm saying nesta is not always invalid in what she's doing but her treatment for pharaoh when they were humans was not valid
0: i'm not saying that was valid well because you were saying that
1: you don't like that people get on her for that it's valid to get on her for that because well, it was that's not, not what I was
0: saying. I don't like how they get on her in the fourth and fifth book because she has nobody, so she drinks her life away. I can understand why she's doing it. She drinks and fucks her life away until they take the money away from her and lock her up in the House of Wind. Yeah, they literally lock her up like they locked Farah up in the Spring Court, and nobody saw a problem with that. Irony. No, no, nobody saw a fucking problem with that. And the only way she could get out is if she fucking climbed ten thousand steps. Yeah. Which you cannot do without passing out. Yeah. Do you see how fucking psychologically that's like? Tor- yeah. That's torture.
1: That's the thing, though. Initially, you were saying you don't like how people talk about Nesta with Feyre. I'm talking about from the standpoint of when they were humans, the treatment there. Oh,
0: I don't. After really the think cauldron, about the way they were treated as humans.
1: After the cauldron, I'm like, you know what? Fucking fair, because we don't know what she saw in the cauldron either. I also think. Hmm?
0: I think the dad should have stepped up.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no argument there. He should have pulled his shit together.
0: There's no fucking reason.
1: Yeah. There that's not even a point of argument. That's just a fact.
0: Dad's a shit, what can I say? <laughs> it just fucking choked on <laughs> <in> my spit.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the dad argument, yes, absolutely. He has still had three children to raise, so
0: I also don't give a shit that he died in the third book. I do not give a shit in the third book that he died. I
1: love that we're talking about the second. Hey, you're like fifth, fourth, third. I'm
0: sorry. Boom. boom. You know these <laughs> plot points aren't going to get hit in the third book or fourth or fucking fifth. That's
1: pro- we'll probably we're not going to get. Hit.
0: We're hitting the major plot points because yeah. I spent forty minutes just talking about everything that happened. Motherfucker died in the third book. I don't give a shit. You named three ships after three kids' years. That's the least damn earned. He worries.
1: died to give them fresh trauma,
0: like. That's what it was. Literally most of the trauma in the fifth book for Nesta is the fact that she resented her father her entire life. And then he just dies. So when his, like, entire body just snaps, like, his neck, every time she hears a crackle of a fire snack, she has a panic attack.
1: Yeah. He dies to be like, okay, cool, we have kind of a baby redemption arc. And to give them all a fresh wave of trauma. Yeah. And to try to bring them together, which it obviously doesn't work. I don't that give way. a
0: shit that he died. I don't. Good job. Good. Friend. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, we can go on about this for a while. Um. Okay.
1: Well, we'll say we'll save that because we actually have a note for three about the return and how
0: yeah <laughs> that was
1: a hot mess. Um, Everything like it was well written. It just I just felt about it mm-hmm. I okay I'm gonna touch on it briefly reading it I was like okay kind of fluffy kind of warm heart like cool and then I was like but in the long term do I care no I only care for the satisfaction that it gave the girls in that split second that they were like our dad came back yeah after that no. I didn't care about him I cared about them which I guess that's just Sarah's way
0: of being like I love Here that you Sarah go. finally touched on mommy issues in the fifth book. Yeah. It's all daddy issues. We finally got some mommy issues.
1: We just got all the issues.
0: Yeah. I can't relate with mommy issues. I have a good mommy. Hi, mama. <laughs> 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 but, um... Oh, my God. If you thought Tamlin was a dick, Nianthi was a dick, just wait until you hear about the Archer and mom.
1: I can only imagine... <sighs> think I is there anything else you want to touch on for this book Because we started getting a little ahead of ourselves for but...
0: cassian i love reese but cassian's way better actually you want to know who's the best oh wait <laughs> rune dan <laughs> oh my god rune... that is no we're not talking about that that is not this book
1: damn it <laughs> you gave me the runaround on gatsby we are not talking about rune Dannon right now <laughs> why because we will talk about him in an episode a whole about Christmas. <laughs> You're killing me, <laughs> slowly. Um, yeah, solid five
0: out of five for this book. <laughs> yeah, solid this five out of five.
1: This, because I remember the first one I gave a four out of five because I was like, "fucking red flags everywhere with Tamlin." Why are we not talking about this? This gave me the satisfaction that I was lacking, yeah. in the first five book. Five. So yeah. Yeah, five out of five. It's a good book. And it also, while there's parts that make me want to scream, I enjoy the book still. Um, oh, yeah. Across the board, so. I think that's
0: it. I know this has been a roller coaster of emotions.
1: We also were just screaming for the last five minutes. I definitely to
0: check myself because I got angry for a second. and I was just like, no, everyone's right to their opinion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? No, we're going to circle back to this. No,
0: everybody's right to their own opinion.
1: You're not listening to what I'm saying, though. I'm I know, not but talking, we already checked
0: about- We already I'm went through t- that.
1: I'm not talking about Nesta in 4 and 5. Valid, no, no, absolutely. No, we just
0: talking about this.
1: Yes, but you coming in with the-
0: I met in the beginning when we were talking about it. I was just like- Because
1: mm-hmm. I was getting pissed, too. I was like, no, you can't treat people like that.
0: I know, we discussed that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, this is good, dude.
1: Clearly, we both care about this book quite a bit.
0: I care about the fifth way more.
1: <laughs> I still, have I have to read it ends with us first before I can actually. I have a lot of books to read. It's fine. It's this fine. Sucks. It's fine.
0: Did it's, you ever buy the fifth book yet? No. You're gonna have to.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I am.
0: You're gonna have. To. It's cheaper now though.
1: I'm sure it is because it's, it's been, been out for year. a while. Yeah. Oh
0: my god, it's been a
1: year. I now. only have the third book. I only actually have no. I have the first one the first and the third because I read your copy the second and the fourth
0: oh uh, okay
1: yeah so I'll have to buy the fifth but that's fine all right well we're gonna wrap it up um that really was a fucking roller coaster um next episode we are going to talk about take a hint Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert um I gotta
0: read that it Add to the amount of products I got going on over the next three weeks
1: for you it'll be a quick read it's really not long the text is big um it's one of my favorite books ever, and it is- we're gonna get into it next time, but it, it's, it's got a, lot, a good amount of smut, so you should get through it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye! <laughs>